Imagine a place so deep, so dark, so wet that we don't even know what's down there, do we, Jordan? No. Except we do! Oh? It's it's aliens. It's definitely aliens. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course it is aliens. So today, on the final Spooky Burrito, we are beaming our minds back to our Russian comrades again to dive deep into the case of the Lake Baikal swimmers. Are you ready, Jordan? I am ready. Can we have the, like, Russian national anthem playing? In yes, the we can. <laughs> <laughs> Do they salute like normal? I don't know. <laughs> what was that noise? It was a no, Russian shout. And welcome to the final spooky burrito of this Halloween season of 2021. I'm Haz. And I'm Jordan. And today, as we said, we're going to be diving deep into the Baikal Swimmers. We've got some strange, strange, spooky stories to go through all about water today. But before we begin, remember to subscribe wherever you're listening. Remember to leave us a review as it helps our show to grow. Nearly messed that up, but we're going to carry on. Review us <laughs> on iTunes, Podchaser, and wherever you're listening. And if you're feeling super spicy, you can join the Patreon and help support the show, which is in the link in the description. Or you can join the Discord in there as well to get involved with the episodes like Mike did last week. Well, that was last week, wasn't it? Yes. Cool. I think. Carrying yeah, on. Was, yeah. <laughs> yes. Two Russians in a week. Exactly. So, so th thoroughly filled with Russians, I was going to say. I don't know if I might bleep that. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Jordan, today... Our episode is thoroughly aqua-themed. It's all based around water, as you know. So we're going to be talking about the swimmers and maybe some USOs, which is unidentified submerged objects later on. So with this episode being based on water, I did what... The only thing I could think to do, I got in the bath and I wrote this episode in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> so do with that knowledge as you will. Images on the Patreon, just for you guys. Speaking of water... I had another real-life horror moment this week that I wanted to tell okay. you about. I have been frequenting the public showers, or the gym, as most people know it. And on the way into the showers, I had a run-in with a large man who was wearing nothing at all in a very small area. And he must have realized that he forgot something because he like did that thing where you go, oh shit, wait, turn around, and then was just like face-to-face -face with me in this small corridor. Now... That wasn't the weird part, just to clarify. So we both went to shower. Of course not. <laughs> it gets weirder. Um, we both went to shower separately, as, as planned. And <laughs> again, we had to come out at the same time. Apparently, we, we're just on, we're running on the same schedules, me and this guy. And he stepped out. And <laughs> something struck me as wrong because there was a sound, like a squelch. So I, I looked down. Oh, you know, and, uh, not not to check out the piece this guy was carrying, just to see what the noise was. And I noticed yeah. that he had showered in his socks like an absolute <laughs> psycho and plopped uh, his way, these little squelchy feet. I don't know through why, the but I've gone room. all red from this. I don't know why, because it's not, it didn't happen to me. And I'm like traumatized it by it. It was awful, dude. I, don't, I just, who, sh who uh, showers in their socks? I, I, I need that guy, to know. apparently. 
Is it like people who are who are like self-conscious showering their boxes or shorts? Is that like he, he really hates his feet? Maybe. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to wear my shower socks. But they weren't so- like shower socks. They were just... What do you mean they weren't shower socks? What do shower socks look like? You can get like? those like little rubber socks with the toes, can't you, for like diving? I think you're diving into the shower. Can but... you? <laughs> Fucking jar. <laughs> this is spookier than the episode. I don't like this. I know. I know. Well, because we, all the episodes have been so fucking existential this week, including yours, which you said wasn't. It was just it as bad that as bad. mine was. Mine was horror-y. That's Boost bad. me. Okay, Boost sorry. me, baby. Now, <laughs> shall we get into why we've come here today on this, this final spooky, spooky, spooky. The, the final spooky, spooky thing. Yes. <laughs> so today's spooky story comes directly from Russian military classified that were declassified documents. Okay. okay. The story. That's Siberia. Like little Wayne. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the story. Siberia. 1982. It's cold. I was just saying the scene for you so you feel set in for it and ready. Okay. In the southerly most eastern western plain near the, bo- the, the Mongolian border, there is a lake. Its waters are the purest on earth. It is the oldest lake on earth and it contains... Shockingly, one-fifth of the entire planet's fresh water. Wow, I really want to taste that water. I know, but it's so good, so refreshing and cold and filled with aliens. It's also the size <laughs> of Belgium, this lake. It's the size of Belgium. What's that big? Yeah, it's massive and it's so Belgium, deep. the one and only itself. The one and only itself, so chocolate-flavoured. I hope this water tastes a light hint of delicate chocolate. I imagine it does. <laughs> If it doesn't, I'm going to pretend it does. Yeah, just to just to put the Russians at ease. Like, oh, this is the, the best Russian water we've ever tasted. Uh, it also has earthquakes that cause the mountains to shift all around it. The earthquakes are that powerful. And the animals... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty uh, quite a crazy place. And the animals that are there, there's 1,500 species in this lake, and 80% of them are only found in this one lake on Earth. Oh, wow. So it's like a crazy little pocket. Like, it's got its own ecosystem of everything. It... Maybe we'll get into why. Let's see. So far, not so spooky. <laughs> you nearly slipped then, didn't I you? I did. I nearly did. Until I bring in the frogmen. Were you expecting the frogmen? All I can think of is Mario in his little frog suit. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. That was so good. That was always really hard to get, I remember. My friends always saying it was too hard to get in that game. These people are actually just divers. It's actually just what the Russian military call uh, scuba divers. They are just called the frogmen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not actually like strange like frog beings that have got like webbed fish toes or anything like that. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they probably do know the Russians' experiments. So, Jesus Christ, I thought you were just going to drop like, they probably do, knowing Russians. <laughs> like, dude. No, I ain't all about stereotyping Russians having webbed toes. Oh. But you never know. On a typical frigid morning, Seven of the Russian Navy's finest frogmen ventured out to Baikal for a research mission that would take them deep within the strange lake. The dive began like any other. They began by suiting up their dry suits to keep the icy water away and loading up with their oxygen and masks. Because the lake is so deep, extra care is always taken to prevent any instance of experiencing the bends. The legendary Radiohead album, Just it's a banger. Jordan, do you know <laughs> what uh, what the Benz is? 
It's what the robot from Futurama does, isn't it? He does, yeah. On many, many episodes. He's 40% Benz. <laughs> some may say higher. Some, some would be wrong. Some may be wrong. Uh, it is where you go from high to low pressure or low to high pressure too fast, right? That's and right, it, like, yes. So your body fucks itself. It basically does, yeah. It's uh, decompression sickness or aerobilosis. So divers can get it if they come up too fast. And apparently astronauts can get it if they come too fast, which I didn't know. And pilots can have it if they don't have the huh. compression suits on while they're flying in those spicy, spicy jets. Could you get that from, like, going from Everest down too fast I suppose well? you could, yeah. Or is that, is that high enough? You would think so because of how high it is. Um, but in comparison to some of the other mountains in the solar system, it's actually not that high. If you if you had, I forgot what it was, if the, the Earth was the size of a snooker ball, it would actually be smoother than a snooker ball. That's how small oh, really? Everest is in comparison to the rest, yeah. Um, so huh. maybe you could try it with a wingsuit and see. You might get it on the way down. I don't know. We'll have to do some research on that. I'll stick it on the screen. I won't because that's more work for me in yeah. the editing. Next time on Burritos yeah. Live. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Just us on top of Everest. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. Be um, so <laughs> decompression sickness or aerobilosis. I said this occurs when divers surface too fast from deep water. And basically what happens is it causes nitrogen bubbles to form inside your blood. Uh, which leads to afflictions from joint pain and rashes all the way to paralysis and death. It affects different people different ways. Some people will be fine, and other people will be like, oh, God, I'm full with nitrogen, and just, like, die. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember his final words. <laughs> oh, God, I'm filled with nitrogen. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah, keels over with his froggy webbed toes. What happened? Sorry, sorry, should I say before he croaks oh, it? Oh, I'm leaving. And <laughs> <laughs> putting a boo sound from the audience with that. <laughs> so let's get into what happened on this fateful dive. When the divers reached a depth of 50 meters or 27.340332 fathoms or 150 feet in NFUs, which is non-freedom units for all those English folk, they suddenly realized <laughs> they were not alone. Gregor, we're not alone. One of them probably said, Victor, you're right. There's another five divers with us. <laughs> Gregor replied, he was the smartest of the bunch. But then Gregor <laughs> realized what Victor was talking about, and he saw a number of strange beings floating a short distance away watching the divers. He tried using his communist math powers to count the beings, but they were not powerful enough, much like Lenin's manifesto. These creatures... <laughs> were said to be of a humanoid shape, two arms, two legs, a slender, toned, supple body. I added that bit. With a head <laughs> perched on top. <laughs> I can tell you're in the bath when you wrote this. I Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I looked down at my own body for that bit of inspiration. <laughs> the scary thing about them, however, was that they were giant. The report said that these submerged creatures were between nine to 10 feet in height, floating off over there. The beings wore no breathing apparatus that the frogmen could recognize. They claimed that they wore tight fitting silvery suits, which this seems to be a common thing in our alien sightings, doesn't it? These tight fitting suits, Jordan. Yeah, doesn't Aquaman wear like a tight fitting suit? Golden suit, golden green golden pants, suit. I believe. Ooh. I know, I'm thinking I, of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Shit. Yeah, he also has a starfish <laughs> on his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? That could be it. Who knows? I, I would be way down to watch a full series about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. 
Yeah, I, I'd be down to climb. Have you seen the... Sorry, that's a bit off topic. Have you <laughs> seen Buzz Lightyear is getting a movie today? I have. I just watched the trailer just before we started. I, uh, Chris Evans voicing Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, I am down for this. Same. I'm, I'm well up for it. I like the new art style I've gone for. We'll definitely check it out and we'll do a review for BrieFBrito.com. So, Jordan. Back to Russia. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think these suits got to be so tight? Keep heating, probably. Or yeah. to show off them supple cheeks. Supple body, supple cheeks when they're like posing <laughs> round. Why did you go for the chest? Because like, <laughs> yeah, supple they're, chest. They're just turned around just like they're like, I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah i suppose yeah i guess yeah i didn't actually think about the temperature <laughs> thing but yeah you're probably right they do have to although the suits that we have for diving like dry suits like i mentioned earlier they're quite baggy like i always remember that episode of um idiot abroad with carl pilkinson where he's floating in the in, it's in the arctic and he's like he's just floating there. i was like i feel like a bag of crisps <laughs> <laughs> i don't i think I think they are meant to be relatively tight-fitting, though, aren't they? No, because I think dry suits have to have air between, so the air doesn't cool down too much. So your body heat heats the air inside the suit, and then it's basically just a protective layer on the outside. Huh. I have no... I realize now I don't know how they work. No, I know. We'll have to go and do some research on these. The next bit's going to baffle you even more, though, because of course. over their heads, it said they wore just clear domes that did not include any pipes or tubes for any kind of breathing. So like, how was their air cycled for breathing? Or do you think they even need to? Maybe if they're fishmen, fish there's not enough oxygen that low down. So they've got to take some oxygen with them, but because they use water as well, oh, okay. they don't need much. So they just need a bit of oxygen to help filter through the liquid. Possibly, possibly. Yes. I... I couldn't seem to find a reason why. There's a couple of images floating around. That I don't know if you saw that. It basically just makes them look like they've got just like a little jeb on their head. They almost like Mr. Freeze. A little bit, yeah. yeah just... I did see some images. It looked, some of them look like they're wearing jellyfish. Yeah, which heads. I did quite like that design. It, also, it makes them look like bio-organic that they are. That's just part of their being and their head is inside it. Whereas others made it look like yeah. they were wearing almost like a, uh, a bell jar kind of thing. Just over the top. Yeah. Um, would you feel threatened by these beings at all, do you think? By the size alone. Just by the size alone. Not for the fact that you, you can't yeah. swim and you'd be 50 meters down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help! Yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't swim, as I'm sure the listeners know yes, by yes. now. But... This is your first episode. There's yeah. a nice little tidbit for you. So, the frogman. <laughs> if you ever want to kill Jordan, here's how. A rather deep puddle will do it quite well. Stop giving people means to kill me. It's Halloween. It keeps it spooky. <laughs> so the frogmen called in their commander. We found some crazy giant watermen swimmers. Because they call them the swimmers. Telling him of the creatures yeah. they found. Oh, wait. Telling him of the creatures they'd found and almost like the creatures knew what was happening. They drifted deeper into the darkness, leaving the divers alone in the murk. And the commander, at the thought of losing this opportunity, allegedly burst into life, barking orders, Victor, get after them. Do not let them get away. And he said, but sir, what do you mean? The commander... You sound like you're going into, like, sexy Mexican. Sexy Mexican. I don't think I've ever done that <laughs> voice in my life. You said that you know, like I was trying you know to do it. Futurama, again, Futurama, the like, used car salesman, and he find, like he sells the car to Amy, and he's like, hey, hey, no, no cat food for Victor. Too oh, much. yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Okay. Fair. Fair. We can make this make this commander a sexy Mexican. Um, so the commander. I don't know if that's what he actually is. He may be. We don't know. He he might have got a nice little green card over to the Russian, you know, state. Uh, the commander oh, ordered the men to catch one in a net. Bigger net. Bigger net. My preferred technique to catch cryptids, as you know. Listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, here's a clip. All I've got is the image of you putting a net over him, and then he just looks at you like, blinks, he's just really unimpressed, and then he flies away while you're holding the net, <laughs> and he's just like <laughs> oh, dragging you into shit. the sky. Like, <laughs> Jordan! Jordan, bigger net, bigger net! <laughs> there we go. Go and check out the Mothman episode. You will love it, I'm sure. So the men followed the creatures further and further down into the abyss, just taking orders from this commander. How big was that? Why were they carrying such a large net? I don't know. Or was it a really small net? And they were like, well, we have to try. I, I don't. Because if not, I'm going to get fired. Yeah, I, like, why are you carrying a, a net big enough to capture a 10 foot fucking human being thing? I don't know. I All I can think is that like, they got down there. Victor drew in close. He got his net and cast it out. And it literally just went. <laughs> it was like basically <laughs> a hairnet on this guy. And he was just like, and then suddenly panic ensued. Like this, this Baikal swimmer drew into a frenzy, a fury. And then the seven man team with a rush of energy were cast to the surface. They were just straight up there in seconds, apparently up into the freezing air above the lake. Now, as I mentioned earlier, asking if you knew what the bends was. You can mm. imagine that this didn't go very well for the divers. No, definitely. What's the opposite of the, the Pokemon move surf? Uh, dive. Huh. Nah, that can't be right because they're going upwards. Fly? I was like, what's the opposite of throwing water at someone? <laughs> and it's like taking that water away very yeah, quickly. I don't know. I don't know. Like suction? I guess you just suck and get away. But from what, what I can yeah. gather, it was just like a rush of the way it was described in like the, the descriptions of the articles, like it was a flow of bubbles. So it would just like raise them entirely up like a, a rush of air. Bubble, bubble beam. Yeah, there you go. Bubble beam. Yeah. They just did a, a big old squirtle bubble beam and raised them up to the top. Now, three of the divers were seriously injured by presumably crashing into the ice above. I'm so sorry. Do you think any of the divers saw Pokemon come out on the Game Boy and they saw a Blastoise like the kids are like, Papa, Blastoise. It's like, oh, and it's like oh, flashbacks. No. <laughs> or like a Golduck or something. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. They're back. They're back for me. Victor, where are you? <laughs> He's just hurling nets at this yeah. child like, Papa, no. <laughs> Papa, not the net again. <laughs> Oh, this is this is a good episode. I like this one. <laughs> this is the stupid spooky we are used to. Oh, oh Lord. Okay. Sorry. Go. It's okay. So three of the divers crashed into the ice, presumably breaking every bone in their Russian Russian bodies. And four divers would go through something much more harrowing. The sudden rise had caused nitrogen bubbles, as I mentioned, to form in their blood, and they fell into the icy grip of decompression sickness. The military acted as quickly as possible, as there were obviously flying out helicopters over there. They reached the divers, retrieved them from the water, 
and in their haste moved them to the nearest medical facility that contained de decompression chambers in a rushed attempt to save the men. The message they received, however, from the facility on the way there stated that only one of the decompression chambers was even remotely operational, and each chamber could only hold two people. So what is the military to do? The three injured divers were left to die on the ice as there was nothing that could be, do, be done to help them. Nothing that could be do. <laughs> How long does it take to... So I'm guessing the cure for decompression is just compress them some more. Yes, and then you you squeeze them real hard. <laughs> and, and then you, let, you basically decompress them gradually. That's what it is. You have to do it over a gradual period. Uh, I, I've experienced basically decompression when I was learning to swim in, in Macclesfield Swim Baths, no less. Me and my dad hey. used to go there because it was the deepest swimming pool in the area. So that was the place where we'd go to practice. And I was dunked mercilessly as a small child until I would come up on my own. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> That's not what happened. Jesus Christ. Um, but one thing that me and my brother... This is why I don't exactly, swim. Well, not with my family anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> me and my brother would dive to the bottom and we would lie down on our backs on the bottom and see how long we could hold our breath. And the swimming pool there is only, it's only three meters. So if you think 50 meters is, you know, a hell of a lot deeper. And even going from there, coming up to the surface, just my eardrums quite severely. Um, and the pain was very, very bad. I had to sleep on like a hot water bottle to try and like get it out. It's just like pain, basically. So I can't imagine how much it must yeah. hurt going from 50 upwards. You basically just have to do it gradually. So these three guys died and the remaining four were shipped off to the facility. Um, I struggled to actually find a concrete number of how many survived. Uh, I, I did read that they basically just put all four of them in the decompression chamber that was limited to two people and just tried their best. And from what I could see of the ones that did survive, they were all left with life-altering disabilities. Like, it was it was pretty serious. I'm oh, shit. hesitant to put up images of decompression sickness. Um but I kind of want to show, just what do you think? Should I put it on or not? I'm hesitant to show people decompression sickness, but here, bam, bam what? on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I'll leave it to be your call if it's going to be a harrowing experience. Yeah. Um, we already jump scared the last episode, so. We did. Okay, I'll, I'll put it in the Discord notes. If you want to yes. check out this, you can Google it yourself or you can go over into our Discord and check it out there. Sorry to the Discord members who will not know that until this episode comes out and they'll just see some random images. Enjoy. So from what I can find, Jordan, this is the first case of humans, to our knowledge, being killed by something that may not be of this earth. Wow. Yeah. That's, well, technically, is it the thing of like, we didn't actually kill them. It's your fault you live on such a shit planet. It's your fault for being decompressed. With shit biology. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't decompress him. But I didn't not compress him. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I I think that the aliens, if they are aliens, or whether it's something that just lives below the surface, I don't know whether it's uh, too much to say that they acted too hasty or reacted too strongly. Because it was only a, probably a small net. Yeah. Well... It may be, hmm. but I think in fairness to them, if it was the self, if some man was coming at you with a small net in comparison to your size, mm -hmm. I was throwing it at you, and you've never seen one of these creatures before, because these, from what we understand, probably live underwater. Yeah. 
Like Come from the you're living in the deep dark ocean. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> but we live on the fuck's sake. <laughs> hey, that was um It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. But also, fuck you. <laughs> uh, then, you know, they're living in the deep, dark, dank ocean mm-hmm. or lake or whatever. And they're just like, ah, small people. Nets. And then <laughs> they start getting nets thrown at you. You're going to react, aren't you? You might. I don't think they know they were killing them. No, no. And like, I suppose to be <laughs> fair, I've walked into spider webs in my face and been like, oh, fucking Jesus. Like, you know, like when you'd get yep. one right across the face, like. I suppose yeah. that's kind of the same feeling, and I did overreact then also. So, I, yeah, I... <laughs> it's kind of the same. Walking into a spider's nest or spider is. web is exactly the same as having a human net thrown over an alien's face. Well, no, I'm putting myself in the large shoes of the alien. It, actually, it didn't say whether they wore shoes. I'm putting myself in the tight silvery suit of the alien. The tight, supple suit. <laughs> tight, supple, silvery suit. <laughs> Stupid, sexy seaman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I'm swimming, it's like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> ah, net. <laughs> Stupid, sexy aliens. Okay. So there have been a few other instances of aliens around this area. Like that was the main instance of the Lake Baikal swimmers. But a lot of other people have said that they've seen other things in and around the lake. In and around the lake. So whether they're UFOs floating above it or USOs being underneath the surface. So I've pulled up a couple of other ones. This one comes from Oleg Chichulin. Uh, he was on a boat training students. What Oleg, kind of what have you been doing this weekend? Chichulin. Chichulin, training students. And uh, <laughs> this was near Cape Svaitoy Nos. And they saw strange objects. There was a ball that glowed. And then this ball started to fade, fade and blush. It was turned into a red ball. This red ball, for a while, lay on the water, and then it began to sink. And all this gradually, gradually went under the water, and it became dark. That's what he said about this red ball. What do you think the red ball was? Do you think it had something to do with the swimmers? I have literally no idea. There was, sorry, the way it's written as well, it's all just sentence. It's like, there (laughs) there was a ball that glowed, and then this ball started to fade, fade and blush. And it turned into a red ball. This red ball for a while lay on the water and then began to sink. And all this gradually, gradually went under the water. And it became dark. That's how it's written. <laughs> That's how it's like being transposed. It has. But I, I imagine it's translated from Russian, I guess, to be like in that. Between, in between uh, nerve-settling vodka shots, Definitely. by the sounds of yes. it. Yes. While this guy's trying to hastily type it into Google Translate to get it to English. (laughs) (laughs) Which, as we know, gives some great, great results. Uh, Let's see. What's the next one? Yet there are more intriguing accounts of underwater aliens in this vast lake. I will uh, post this article as well if anyone wants to take a read of the full because there's there's images and everything in there. In 1977, when Leonid Brezhnev... Brezhnev... Brezhnev ruled the Kremlin. (laughs) Brezhnev, Brezhnev, I'd imagine. Close enough. Uh, Who ruled the Kremlin. Two researchers named V. Alexandrov and G. Selerostov. God, you Russian guys need easier names. Were in a submersible device at a depth (laughs) of 1,200 meters in the lake. Now, that is damn deep back then. That is pretty deep. Yeah, apparently David Cameron, James Cameron... (laughs) 
not the ex-Prime uh, Minister of England who plucked a pig. Um, we're talking about the filmmaker who's so far up his own arse he can taste his tonsils, even though he's pretty damn good. Um, well, he was. He's expressed... Uh, wants to go to this lake, allegedly, as well. Uh, the researchers turned off their spotlights to explore the depth of penetration of sunlight into the water. Suddenly, the scientists were bathed in a light from an unusual glow. Alexandrov recalled, it was so like if our device was lit from above and then the side by two strong spotlights. Only a minute later, unknown floodlights went out and we found ourselves in total darkness. Now, you do get bioluminescent creatures in deep water yeah. where there's, there's no natural light, but not that strong. We're not talking spotlights. We're talking... Yeah, it's all those giant fish with the things on the end. Anglerfish. Yeah, just yeah. a giant anglerfish. Have you seen the male ones of those? Uh, oh, I think I have, yeah. They're, they're, mu they're much, less, much less threatening yeah. than the female ones. But yeah, I, I will I will give you this little tidbit, their mating cycle, because basically the male attaches onto the female, like bites on and then yeah. dissolves and just turns into nuts and just impregnates her. <laughs> just they just fuse. They just fuse into one thing. <laughs> Bit so far, not dissolving the nut. <laughs> Literally. <not>. Oh. <laughs> Yes. So, what do you think of that? What do you think of this story? That sounds really creepy. Maybe some kind of al algae, algae, what alga. Strong. Like some kind of glowing algae that like flobs in around. Yeah, but it just turns off, doesn't it? Maybe they nudge the light switch. Oh, a big algae light the submarine. Switch. I don't think that's how algae works, Jordan. <laughs> don't you tell me how algae works. I'll tell you how algae I mean, works, well, I, and then we'll check back. Check, check back. Nuts. No, I mean... You could be right. It could be some strange animal that only lives there because, as we said, like 80% of the animals that are there don't exist anywhere else yeah. in the world. So it, it could be, you know? For any of that, like Lake Baikal just seems to be a hotbed for weird instances. A lot of people see some strange stuff there. Like I said about UFOs as well, people see UFOs diving in and there's been some strange formations seen from space. So there's an image that I'll throw up on screen now and I will throw in the Discord for any listeners who want to join over there of a huge piece of ice that is basically melted in a perfect circle in the center of the lake. Okay. Oh, wow. Pretty weird, isn't it? So that is seen from space. That's weird. If that's, if that's a giant UFO, that's got to be a sizable If you think that, that lake is the size of Belgium, it's pretty immense. So many people seem to believe that the USOs below the water or diving into the water are some proof of submerged bases below the ice, whether it's a human base or alien base. Or a water temple. Or a water temple. People would hate that. They have to raise the water level I, to get in and I out. would actually despise that. I just feel like, nope. Uh, I, I, I don't even want to know about it. I'm going to get the bends. Yeah. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this. I've got the bends on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Purposeful bends. Would you? Where would would you hide a base down there? Is that somewhere you would hide a base? If I had to hide a base, yeah, definitely. On the, like, the, fucking, no one's gonna go in that water apart from frogmen, what? and then you can just use a water jet and just like, boost them back up. That's yeah. horrible. No, nope. that's like out your pup. That's basically off off your pup. That's basically saying that the Russians have a, their own base there, and they knew that these 
military divers were going to go looking and they just sort of popped them on up to the surface anyway. It's weird, isn't it? Like, I definitely hide a base there because anywhere underwater, chances are people aren't going to find you. Especially the deepest but... lake on the planet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's easy. That's one of the best places to hide. Yeah, you know TV show, The Hunted, where they just send, like, average people and then they get, like, ex-police to, like, try and hunt them down. Yeah. It's just like, we've not been able to find him. It's been 10 years. I'm just, like, in Lake Baikal. Just sat on the bottom, like... They're never going to find me. (laughs) Now for the slow ascent. Wait, I can't swim. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's the perfect place to hide stuff, right? Down in the deepy, deepy? The deep, murky, frozen water, personally. I think it's a great... Deepy, murky water. Deepy, murky. Uh, I will say, though, that there is something very strange going on there currently. As it's now being used to study neutrinos by the Russian military, which are a kind of subatomic particle... Neutrinos could, if understood, provide us with more information on how galaxies form. Coincidence? I think not. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like they're actually using this for scientific research down there, which just, it throws out all manner of like weirdness to do with it. It, You know, like the Russians have been in contact with it and I know that they want to, I've read some articles. I know they want to capture one. So they do. They obviously want to capture one really badly. But the, the, I can't remember who it was. There was an article that I read the other day and I'll, I'll try and repost it if I can find it. It was while I was like scrolling through m- madness of conspiracies, like with all these threads <laughs> through my room. Like minority report. Basically, yeah. I was like, well, I'm trying to get through all these boards. And uh, there was a guy from it was like ex-KGB or ex-Russian military who was saying that they're going to come forward with more information, much like America have done with their... Uh, UAP declassifications that they're talking about with the Tic Tac and all that with Commander David Fraber, that the the Russians have experienced a lot of stuff as well. And it all seems to be centered around water, which is really, really weird. Like a lot of UFOs go to water in the sea. Do you reckon it's like Space Race 2.0, but this time it's to convince people that aliens exist? Possibly. Like it's all a a But it's all... (laughs) That'd be pretty funny if it's all just some elaborate prank where it's like it's a Donald prank, Trump's like calling up fucking Vladimir Putin, just like we should definitely try and fool people into thinking whoever's got the most followers by the end of it. Yeah, he's <laughs> just like, duh, duh, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it might be like I, I actually did think about that when people started bringing up all these UAPs and like the actual information that was being shared in the videos. It does kind of feel like. The Americans are not cloak and daggering it, but almost look at this hand while I do something over here. You know, like they're like, yeah. oh, UFOs while they're like tinkering with like cryptocurrency and the mining the moon while we don't know about it or something like that. You know, mining the yeah, moon. Yeah, you know, like helium or whatever, because there's like helium three up there, whatever people want. Um, which is a terrible idea. Don't mine the moon. You you drop the mass of the moon. You change the tide. That's how you get alien. That is how you do get Do you want alien? Because that's how you get alien listeners. And we don't want that. Do we, Jordan? We're not about face vaginas. I don't know. <laughs> We're not about face vaginas. It's basically what aliens are. All right, Batman. <laughs> Calm down. Batman? Do you not hear about that? There was something where I think DC Comics were just like, they alluded to Batman not eating vagina. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
that that was something they alluded to. Let's pause the episode. Okay, for a sec. I'm going to find it. I also did find out the other day where? that uh, the the I think this was on the last Action Heroes podcast uh, because I think they're some of them are Danish, some of them are Swedish, and Batman in Denmark I think is called Leatherman. That's something yeah, else. No, That's not good. Apparently it is, and it's it's because the the word for bat is like leather mouse or something like that. Oh. So they didn't want to call him mouse okay. man or leather mouse man, so they just call him leather man. There you go. There it is. In a feature published on Monday, Variety explored how superhero stories involve, um, are evolving in order to keep audiences engaged. Mm-hmm. However, it is an anecdote from Harley Quinn co-creator and executive producer Justin Halpin that has caught the internet's attention and imagination. Speaking on the creative freedom that comes with writing villains rather than heroes, Halpin gave the example of a moment in the upcoming third season of the animated series where Batman was originally meant to be going down on Catwoman. Unfortunately, the higher-ups at DC were having none of it. They're like, heroes don't do that, said Halpin. So we said, are you saying heroes are just selfish lovers? They're like, no, it's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. <laughs> I I get what they're saying about I do. selling yeah. things, yeah, but real heroes do it. Real he- real heroes take the plunge. Take the plunge. The bat plunge. Into the bat plunge, the bat plunge. <laughs> Oh, it's damp. Yeah, tiny angry man. You sure? should be anti-Semitic to yourself. <laughs> Let's get back to our stories, Jordan. Yeah. We have one more. I don't know how much is staying in this. I hope not. I, I don't. Who knows? I might just like fast forward that bit and like cut little bits at normal <laughs> speed so you just get like random words. <laughs> in 1969, this this was actually taken from Reddit as well because I actually did a bit of reading outside of just the, the typical crazy message boards. Ah. Although I suppose Reddit is a crazy message board. This guy, this takes place <laughs> in... Disguised as a normal website. Yeah. <laughs> this takes place in Gene Falls, uh, Hoover, I think it's... um. In Canada. In 1969, I worked on a shrimp boat out of Bayou La Batre. A-L. So, yes, that's, that's Canada. Uh, we were dragging at 2 a.m. on a clear night. Stars lit the sky and water. Ooh, this man's a poet. Uh, captain and mate were asleep. And suddenly, in front of us, about 100 yards, the water boiled. And a black object, saucer-shaped, came out of the water completely silent it hovered for five or so seconds and then shot straight up into the air and disappeared we told the story to a few people after that just let it go it did happen 30 miles off the mississippi coast oh no sorry they must be in america not thinking i was gonna Uh, say isn't al alabama i thought that at first but then i was like is it is it albuquerque albuquerque is also in america isn't it Albuquerque's um, near Texas. What isn't there a Canadian uh, state? Is AL? I don't know. I'm not sure because if it was 30 miles off the Mississippi, the Mississippi's in like. Oh, it's definitely America. I, I was wrong. I just I'm just sure no, there is fine. a Canadian state that begins with. with I don't know. Is there? 
<clears throat> my voice cracked. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Breaking stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Canadian hit me. <laughs> state A L. I don't know. No. I googled it. Google this. I said know. Canadian state A L, and it says Ontario. Ontario. Which... I'm, that, I'm just thinking of Ontario beginning with A. Sorry, my mistake. I'm fucking. <laughs> Ontario begins with an O. <laughs> oh shit. I'm editing that out. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's been quite a few instances of USOs boiling water around them. Even in the David Fraber case uh, with the, the USS Nimitz, when they went to, when they flew around one of the areas where they saw like the Tic Tac UFO, there is a notion of this strange larger craft, which was bigger than one of the Tic Tacs, boiling the water around it and the tic tacs were a bit sort of like zipping around almost like scanning it but they were moving to different areas of it before it shot off into the distance and how long did it take for them to boil the water do you reckon exactly my thought is how fast if i got my hands on one of those and like broke a piece off and found a way to turn it on just broke a piece could off. i have instantly boiled like you know, can I instantly boil water? Can I make tea you could. immediately? I mean, I suppose you could. They they didn't seem to say it was suddenly... <laughs> they just said it was already it boiling. It doesn't say it's made for tea, but it doesn't no. say it's not made for tea. I mean... That's why I'm saying. You, you can boil water with uranium. I mean, if you want to, you know... Why didn't you tell me this before? Why am I even friends with I you? I would be on the you dark net already. This months ago. <laughs> Hiding your tea facts, <laughs> tea heathen. <laughs> I swear, this is the end. That was the last straw. Burrito ends today. <laughs> yes. That should be the thing. Find out how the burrito ends. Yeah. Well, and it's just that argument. <laughs> so what did you think? I think that that's that's my USO and Lake Baikal stories. What, what are we going to make of these spookies on today's episode? I think that there is enough water in the world mm. that it could be in Kevin Cosner's water world. But also, yeah, th there's too much. It's like the space thing. There's a lot of water. There's going to be some weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. it like they think squids are from outer space? They do, yeah, because the the way their DNA is formed is very, very different to ours. It's something about the, the base pairs, which is something we actually mentioned on... Which episode did we mention base pairs on? That was a few episodes ago, wasn't it? Was it two episodes ago? We mentioned about AT and CT and how they join. Apparently, squids have got more than that. I think they've got three or four or something. Oh, wow. Yes. And they live for like a long, long time. They do, right? yeah. There's there's quite a few life forms on Earth. Mushrooms being one or just like f fungi, apparently is the correct pronunciation, not fungi or fungi. Fungi. They think that spores may have traveled here on meteorites, believe it or not for fungi oh, wow. and for octopus and squid and presumably cuttlefish as well because I think they're all the same genus, I guess. They're all um, cephalopods, actually. Shout out hey. to cephalopod, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so they think they might have come here on some kind of meteorite as well, which is a crazy thing to think about. And there's another form of life as well that they found recently. I can't remember the name of that one that is in between a plant, an animal, and a fungi. It's like if you had a, a Venn diagram, it's like right in the middle and it's not quite any of them. It's just some other thing. So, oh, wow, that's yeah, cool. I'll try and find that as well and send it because it was quite an interesting little Please video. do. Please. I agree that I think that apparently we know more about the surface of the moon and Mars than we do about our own oceans because of how much of it is unexplored. 
And with it being that dark and that hard to even get down there to see, like the, with the crushing amount of atmosphere that's down there, it makes it hugely difficult to even start to look really like you can only go down there with a very small ship or craft and it has to have such a small little viewport because if you have too much glass it just gets crushed and breaks so yeah. it makes it really really difficult to even start to view stuff down there i really hope we get to see more going forward with like our technology now with like um carbon nanotubes and stuff i hope they start making really strong submersible crafts that are more visible you know through them and that we yeah. get to go down there or even if it's just to build drones like our own drones to go down there build our our own usos that can go under the water that'd be sick I, I think yeah there's a lot to learn about the world still somehow mm. after however long humans have been trying to yeah and there is. who knows if we'll ever finish but yeah i think the waters of earth are going to be the last frontier of the planet yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll, you know, in our lifetimes, probably not, which, no, is, probably which is sad. Not. I hope to see more. I, I think maybe we'll come back to another USO episode in the future because there's a couple of videos that I've actually found that we could go Ooh. through as well on a future spooky. One particular one that looks like a man in an armchair flying at miles a second, which is amazing. <laughs> Is it Santa Claus by any chance? It could be. It could definitely could be some kind of UFO, USO Santa Claus. And he dips into the water like there's no resistance and then dips back out again. And then there's another one that joins it like it's proper cool. And that was, again, taken off another uh, US battleship. He could be a crab Santa. Santa crab. Claus. Oh! Let's end it there. <laughs> Santa, you just went Santa. Crab. Santa Crab. <laughs> Jordan, where can they yes. find you on all the socials? At the Mr. John Core. They can. Everywhere. And where can they find the podcast? No, tell oh, us the podcast. Oh, at Grief Rio. <laughs> you can indeed. And you can find me at HasWild everywhere, guys, if you want to message me or give me some abuse about this episode. Wherever you're listening, leave us a review. <laughs> let us know what you thought. Drop us some comments. And we want to see you in the Discord. Let us know. We want to see you get involved yes. in these episodes. And if you want to do some Russian voices for us, you're more than welcome to, to our Russian listeners, because we need some more. If you join if you join the Discord mm. from after listening to this episode, just put in any image you can find of Santa Claus with claws. Yes, we want to see crab claws. And then we'll know. We'll know. We'll, we'll, we'll know. know. We'll know it's you. Jordan, let's go. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. -bye.